We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Steven, great jump cut, 45 feet. Sees a hole, burst to it, 20. Steps a tackle, runs left, 25, still in his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on, he's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle, and the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams offensive back Michael Stewart, and we're here for the post game. And we kind of wish we weren't. Kind of. All right. We really. I don't even know what to say. Mike, do you, do you know what to say? Well, uh, it's always as good to just speak the truth, so I guess we'll do that. Speak the truth. <laughs> and the truth shall set you free. Set you free indeed. Well, we we did a pregame <laughs> podcast on, on this game. We did this pregame, and we, we didn't have a whole lot to say because we knew the reality was it's all about the trenches. And when we look back at today's game... A 22-10 loss by the Rams. That's all it really came down to. I mean, that's just the reality of it. It's all it came down to was 22-10. Offensive line, defensive line. We knew that's how it's going to be. And that's how it went. I mean, what else do you what else do you have to say? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the proof is in the pudding on a day like today. Uh, the line has been struggling thus far all year. 
again, my contention continues to be, and it'll probably be throughout the season, is you have to play during the preseason. You got to get a lot of that stuff worked out, not just in uh, controlled scrimmages, but in actual live game where the speed is dialed up a little bit more. If you don't do that, I think this is what we're getting. Not I think. We see what we're getting, and it's just a little bit of a mess right now. So they got to get that figured out in a hurry. I mean, it's fixable. You look at next week's game, it's home to the Panthers. I mean, that should be a win. Should be being the key word. Then you look down the next three games of that, it's 49ers, Tampa, and Arizona. I mean, all of those games are winnable. None of those teams are really all that scary. The Niners are playing great defense, but th- their offense is not going to scare you. Um, they have the Rams number for the most part, but I mean these aren't scary games. It's fixable. But I kind of want to go a little bit deeper into this game in terms of what we saw because the numbers tell you one thing and they, they give you a good foundation but then when you look at just, I mean, and I would challenge anyone, don't just take our word for it. Go back and look at film. You know, if you are, you know, it, if you question anything, if you think we're full of it, that's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. Go back and watch the film on the game. Many of you are DV, are DVR. Most of our listeners are, are casuals. But are those, there are those diehards who go back and they'll want to, Check on us a little bit in terms of check our facts, and they they will they'll see a few things. And I'm going to point out a minute. I guess before we do, what we need to do is go out there and let our sponsors get their word in. So, here's a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Mike, you ready to hear these numbers? I am. All right, here we go. And let's. I'm not going to say who it is again. I'm just going to say... Team one, team two, let's see how you view it, okay? All right, first downs. Team one, 10, team two, 14. Total plays, 53 for team one, team two, 64. Total yards, 239 for team one, 323 for team two. A yard for play, 4.5 for team one, 5.0 for team two. Passing yards, 76 for team one, 285 for team two. Yards per pass, 4.0 for team one, 5.8 for Team two. Team two does have an interception. Sacks allowed three for 26 yards for team one. Five for 35 for team two. Team one, 163 rushing yards. Team two, 38. Rushing attempts, 34, 15 for team one. Here we go. Red zone. Both teams are 0 for 2. Penalties, five for team one and three for team two. Time possession is is nearly even 29 30 to 30 30. So if you didn't know who won the game, um, who would you think won the game, team one or team two, based off those numbers? Well, you would probably think, you know, I, I was writing a little few of them down, total yards and, you know, total passing yards. You would probably think, I would say, team two. And that's the Rams. The Rams are team two. They lose 22-10. The big thing that is not so easy to see there, the Rams turned the ball over three times today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, two of those are late, late drives. You can understand a little bit. Block punt. That doesn't show up very well. Um, but, it, I mean, it's all this frustration. The Rams are in the game in the fourth quarter. They weren't... They weren't done. So what's the problem? What's the problem at the root of it? Well, how about this? Check this out. No Rams rusher has rushed for more than 61 yards in any game this season. Cam Akers, 33 yards today. Leading rusher, 2.5 per carry. That's not going to get it done. That is not going to get it done. No, it's not. And and to the Rams' credit, by the way, in the first half especially, they really did try to establish the run. And when Dallas adjusted, the Rams didn't. They, they didn't find an answer. And this goes back to what we were talking about. Were there any jet sweeps in this game of note? Not of note. There was like one. One, but. one, right? One for four yards. Uh, what about a screen? A, a, a running back screen? Not a running back screen. They, well, then we saw a tight end screen, didn't we? Right. Okay. Um, well, did they do anything else to try and pull to divert the pass rush at all? Or just the rush at all? Oh, not at all. There wasn't really an adjustment on that. I mean, all you have to do is find Michael Parsons. 
I'm just going to keep swinging the back to his side. If you don't drop off, I'm just going to hit the back real quick. But, I, you know, again, I'm just amazed at the type of money that especially our head coach is making and other coaches are making. Collectively, you just think that they would be able to adjust a little bit sooner, a little bit quicker, and a little more efficiently. But it's almost like they say, well, we got this game plan. We're going to stick to it regardless. I mean, and to the, again, to their credit, they tried to run the football. They did. It's just that when Dallas stiffened up, what next? And I, I go back to 2019 and, and that year where the offensive line was a hot mess too. And I think about what did we kind of figure out as the year went on? Was, was Sean McVay getting tunnel vision? Or was Sean McVay limited with what, what he could do because his offensive line was so bad? And I I came to realize towards the end that he really was limited by his offensive line. And, and, and of course, the end result being what happened with Jared Goff. This time around, there were some plays today, and I don't know if you caught them. There was one, I think it was a Parsons sack. It was, I think it was a Parsons sack where... We saw the end rush around the right tackle, Havenstein, where Havenstein just kind of puttered along. And, and I go back to one of the early sacks of the game as well, the up, up the middle with Cologne just kind of puttered there along. There was no urgency and very little footwork from this offensive line. And I'm talking about the veterans, too. I'm not just talking about the the young guys. And that concerns me a lot. It's not just that they are not used to each other. But they didn't move well. They didn't move well at all. And I don't know if you saw that, but I did. Especially on two of those sacks. Oh, absolutely saw it. Uh, me and my son, he's like, well, Dad, how come, you know, it looks like, you know, they don't practice kick-stepping. I said, well, kick-stepping is only effective if you're able to adjust to a move that a defender is making on you. If you kick-step hard back thinking that the defender uh, or rusher is just going upfield, yeah, you'll run right into him and you got him, and you're going to look all pro. But if he now makes a move and swims or comes under or stops, fakes a swim inside and then comes back outside, your feet have to be able to adjust. And absolutely, they weren't able to do that. I I just never seen line play overall. Just can't move your feet. And again, I've been spoiled. You know, I played with some of the best from Doug Smith to Jackie Slater or Panky, Tom Newberry. It goes on and on. So, those guys could get after it on the O-line. There was nobody just, you know, very seldom a guy just running loose. But today, it was just like everybody was running loose. Yeah, and when that's happening, you, you go back to coaching at that point, and you go back to personal accountability. So it's not just these guys aren't starters. Well, gee, I wonder why they're not starters, by the way. Um, but also that they... I mean, 
how I say this, you are the defending Super Bowl champions. How about you act like it? How about every time the ball snaps, you have an attitude that you're not going to stop until the whistle goes. You're not going to putter along. You're not, you get what I'm saying? That's, I, I'm not saying this team didn't have effort, but I can say they looked awful lifeless out there sometimes. Well, again, I, I you know, I, I'm glad that guys are and, and are making the money they're making. But the more I watch football across the league, not just the Rams and not just today, but you see it across the league, as guys get more money, you seem to get less effort. You know, so it was interesting to see even Michael Parsons, who looked like he had a strain or a pull or something, go back in the game. Looked like he didn't want to, but then you go, okay, that's a different kind of character because he's like, I might be hobbling. Even though we're winning, I'm going back out there and let's let's see what we can do. But for the most part, yeah, when you see puttering, I just see guys going, hey, man, I'm going to get a nice check on Tuesday uh, whenever they get paid now, back in the day, it was, yeah, Tuesday. But it just seems like the urgency across the board, whether it's tackling a guy, whether it's uh, chasing down a guy. You know, I looked at Tyler Higby on that first fumble. He was just kind of running, and then he wasn't running. And it's like, okay, Tyler, the dude is running with the ball. You're not faster than a D lineman. So that, again, to me, is effort. Guys are getting paid. They're not putting forth that effort. Yeah, so I'm kind of wondering how this pressure goes. I really am wondering how the postgame we'll, – we'll, I guess we can go – I'll check on it real quick now. So we're, we went on the air almost immediately after the game was over. So the, the postgame pressure should be starting to happen about any time now. And I really can't wait to see what Sean McVay's answers are because – We've talked about before, we talked about last year, what we got tired of was the constant, you know, I got to do this, you know, it's my fault, blah, 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 and then nothing changing. Well, then they won a Super Bowl. (laughs) Then they won a Super Bowl. But you got two problems here. The guys you got are clearly not starting for you the way they should be. And two, there's an effort problem. And I mean, I'm sure someone will have a couple, you know, these are NFL players, this, that, and this, that. Look, you, I saw it. We all saw it out there. And we saw it mostly from the offensive line. It doesn't matter how high quality your, your quote unquote skill players are, your receivers, your tight ends, your running backs. It doesn't matter a lick if you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If your trenches aren't right, and I'm talking offensive line. I'm putting this on the offensive line. We can talk about the we can talk about the block block punt. Okay, I mean that's two already. That's another issue. But when you can't run the football, your quarterback has no time. How are you supposed to properly employ your offense? Or how bad this offense is right now? This this and this. They're getting destroyed. I like this tweet from Jordan Rodriguez, who covers the Rams for athletics. She, she, this is what she wrote. This is towards the end of the game. Stafford sacked on second down. Heavy size. He gets up. 
then takes a shot on a desperation heave to Allen Robinson with multiple defenders around. It's picked at the goal line. This situation up front is untenable. That last sentence there. This situation up front is untenable. Mike, she's right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm watching a big wit on the Thursday night podcast uh, or uh, the Amazon after game. Uh, Richard Sherman is blowing up having flashbacks of Russell Wilson. But uh, I'm watching wit and I'm going, I wonder what wit thinks about the guys. I'm sure he mentored a lot of them last season or last couple season. You know, I wonder what he's thinking, you know, or, or is it like, hey, dad, they really need you. Or he's like, hey, guys, I love just being here with you guys. Uh, but when you look at it, you got to go, OK, I know these guys are trying. But what is it that it just seems like they're so far behind? I don't know. I mean, it's game five now. You talk about preseason, but we're in game five. You should be in regular season mode. And I also wonder if the Rams are making a phone call to Mr. Whitworth this week and saying, hey, uh, want to come off the bench? I'm wondering that. And I'm wondering how they're looking at if they're looking at free agents, if there's anybody available. But, I mean, there's a reason why people are free agents right now instead of playing for one of the third two teams. In right, other right, words, right. there's not a whole lot of help coming. And that yeah, makes you yeah, go back yeah. to that schedule, Mike, and go, um... We got one more games coming up, but this can this this Rams team can go from being a Super Bowl champion to missing the playoffs or worse. That's where they're going right now, and it's all. Yeah. I mean, the main thing to me is the offensive line. It's the defense played fine today. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you look at something uh, we were pointing out again. We're here commentating on our our teams back and forth. My wife's a big Cowboy fan, so we're messing with her. But, you know, she got to celebrate a lot today. But what we're looking at are simple. We call them the one-on-one matchups, but opposite teams. You look at Micah Parsons. You look at uh, Aaron Donald. They could not stop Aaron Donald, but we couldn't stop Micah Parsons either. But Aaron Donald was playing like, hey, I'm going to let everyone know, no, it's it's not close. He's a good dude. He's going to be great, but I'm still the guy. So make sure you keep that camera on 99 and watch how I go to work. And sure enough, man, there are three, four guys trying to stop one guy. But I watch on one play where Greg Gaines, you know, gets washed down out of the nose tackle position, he gets washed down all the way outside the tackle. And I'm like, come on, Gaines. You got to be able to hold your gap a little bit better than that. And so we we got to – we just got to do better, man, all the way around. Yeah, and I'm looking also at our scores today, and we're looking at the Seahawks game where they lost by seven to the Saints. The Seahawks are better than we thought they are going to be. Yeah, yeah. And it's, those two games are not a given now. And then, you know, the, the Cardinals lost by two at home to the, to the Eagles. I mean, they're still a decent team. This this is not going to be an easy run. And down the line, that gauntlet the Rams have, 
a month from now. A month from now, their schedule, they go to Kansas City. That's one. Later, they go to Green Bay. They'll have Denver at home. By then, I think Denver will have figured out. I mean, they have some tough ones coming up. All these games are tough. This is not an easy schedule. I mean, but they're winnable. Well, all the games could be winnable. But, again, Carolina, you would hope they don't, you know, understand or lose understanding. Like, again, one of the things you got to – I'm a little concerned about is you're losing at home. So that's concerning. But again, Frisco seems to have our number. You're going to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay feels they owe you. You're going to play Arizona. Don't forget, B Hop is going to be back by that game. So that game now could be totally different. You're at New Orleans, who came off a big win, the comeback win today, Taysom Hill just went crazy. Uh, and then you follow that up with your at Kansas City. So, as you said, it's, it, it's not like they're not some winnable games in here, but what is the likelihood if the line play continue as it does? Mm-hmm. Now, here's one thing I do like about the schedule coming up. Can you name one team in the league right now who could really use a bye week more than the Rams? <laughs> so their bye week is after Carolina. And right. they need that bye week right now. Holy crap, they need that bye week. Oh, most definitely. Most I mean, definitely. So the timing is good. The timing is good. I mean, we can be, you know, if I, I kept thinking during the game, I had I didn't look at the schedule. I'm like, man, could they really use that bye week right now to reset everything, get, get some people back healthy? Man, can they? And then I looked at the schedule. Okay, week seven. So one more game. Can they eke out a win Carolina? And Carolina, by the way, got destroyed today by the Niners at home. So, I mean, it's a winnable, very winnable game. The Rams aren't done, but not a whole lot of help is coming for that offensive line. They got to figure it out. And they basically have, in my view, 21 days to figure it out. That's when San Francisco comes in. They don't have it figured out by then. Uh, we're looking forward to 2023. Now, so doesn't it? Well, the thing is, no. I mean, you're you're making great points right here. Now, one of my concerns, DC, is this: is our quarterback starting to starting to get a little gun shy, feeling those hits, third and four, wide open, Skronik, wide open, bounces it in the ground. And it's only because it felt like the pocket was collapsing in, but not really. So my concern is now you got a quarterback. He took some hits today. And again, is he going like, what's it going to be playing a Frisco, Bosa, uh, Tampa Bay? Their pretty front is pretty nice across the front. So I don't know. You, you start taking hits back there. The game starts changing for you. Well, I also look at it this way. I don't think, I don't think Matthew Stafford's healthy. Watching, watching the replay multiple times again, looking how he's looking at his hand, treating his hand. Um, yes. I also he there were a couple of times when he took a hit where he was walking very gingerly afterwards. I don't, you know, everybody gets hurt. I think he's nowhere near as healthy as people think he is, and 
that happens with getting her. I'm not so she's been he's been dealing with this stuff for years. He's going back to his Detroit days. I'm not so worried about him getting freaked out by the rush. I'm more worried about him being hurt and you know everything if if your arm's all of a sudden sore or your elbow is sore, you may switch your trajectory of your throwing of your of your arm. You may make a decision to instead of going on a deeper route, may try and cut it short. I mean, there are things you do when you're hurting that you normally wouldn't do. You and you also, I mean, let's be honest, you lose faith in what you can do when you're hurting. Well, you make a great point. It was down the stretch in the fourth quarter. We were threatening to score. Uh, I think it's a little over whatever it was, six or seven minutes. He gets hit, but uh, uh, I think it was a defender, 54. He just kind of hits him, but he pushes him in the chest, and he lays on the ground, and he grabs his chest area, mm-hmm. and he's wincing, uh, laying on the ground. I'm like, okay, you just kind of got pushed. Why are you grabbing your chest like that? So, absolutely, D.C., uh, you know, he may be a lot more banged up. Again, he had that elbow situation in the, uh, in during camp uh, early first game or so. They haven't said anything about it, uh, but even on that throw to uh, not too too Atwell, uh, but that long bomb early in the game, little underthrown. Uh, receiver came back and made a good catch, but yeah, I, I have to agree there. there. There's probably a little bit more going on than you know they're going to let let anyone know. Oh, and by the way, a couple quick props here. Two two Atwell finally. That was a nice. Catch and run there, the you know fifty four yard catch and really honestly, if he had a better throw on an earlier play, he you know probably makes that play as well. So, congrats to this kid who finally, you know, we've been calling him a bust. So, congrats to him, and also you know, you know some props to to Cooper Cup. I think we forget how fast that dude is, man. On that seventy five yard play. Yeah, he got out. <laughs> oh my gosh! And he was not this fast when he came out. The dude's gotten faster. Like so, props to him. Props to the Rams and that fake punt that took guts and they executed well. I mean, they did do some good things. His defense again held Dallas two hundred and forty yards ish. Okay, this wasn't like the Rams across the board were awful, but one unit can destroy you. And right now, I really believe that's the offensive line. Everything goes back to the trenches, and we've never seen more evidence of that than we've seen the last two weeks. It's it's plain and simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this, good sir. Do you have any closing thoughts? I mean, is there anything positive that comes to mind as you look ahead now? Because this has been a pretty – the last couple podcasts have been kind of down, and, and yet this is still a team that has tons of talent. The, the positive thing I do see is I think they can run the ball a lot more effectively than they actually are using it. You see there's time when Cam Akers given the opportunity, and I just think of all the great backs of many errors, the, going back to the Jim Brown days, those guys need to get that rock. The more times they get it, the more times they can make a play. Uh but it just doesn't seem like they stick with it long enough. And then they do the platooning thing. I think they have to make a decision on, is it Cam Akers 
or is it going to be Daryl Henderson and just let those guys, whoever it is, go to work and just, you know, kind of feed them a little bit more, let them, you know, get a feel for a game, be able to, to make some plays. But when you kind of go with it, then you switch out the running back and then you don't really go with it. Uh, but that's one of the positives that I don't think anyone sees is I just really think that they can run the ball a little bit better than they are. They just don't stick with it. It's almost like we're only going to run the ball because we don't just want to throw it a hundred times a game. I don't know. I mean, I think they just adjust. I think, I mean, I, I want to make excuses for, I don't want to make excuses for Sean McVay. But I really, really don't think he trusts an offensive line to go out to the box. I mean, we saw this in 2019. And we, th- I mean, you and I were both great. They need to run more screens. They they need to do more things to throw off a pass rush, throw off a, a standard a center, center rush. And... They, I, that's what happened today. The, the Cowboys adjusted to success. The Rams were having run the football, and the Rams didn't play chess back. They seeded it, so they did. They just gave it back. They just said, "Here, okay, fine, you have that, and you can't do that." Well, let me ask you this: uh, It's pretty obvious if you watch any of these games. There's teams are going to say, "Hey, man, Cooper Cuff, you're not going to beat us." If you take away the 75-yard long, he had seven uh, receptions for a total of 125. If you take that 75-yarder out, the six other receptions added up to 50 yards. So, But he had 10 targets. Higby had 10. Skronik had eight. And then you go, well, I thought we brought Allen Robinson here to do something. He only had four. How does he only have four? And Skronik has eight, Higby 10. I, so those are the kinds of things when I go, come on, offensive coordinator. You you can't bring a guy who's supposed to be very legit at receiver and you still can't figure a way to get more guys involved except a few. Unless the quarterback is just choosing to throw to those guys. Well, I think it, I think he is in a lot of ways. I think they, they haven't quite get, gotten him involved in the offense that's Robinson. But two, Skaronic and Cup, these are guys that that he that Matt Stafford knows and trusts. And when you're especially when you're desperate, like when you are running for your life, aren't you more ten don't you have a higher tendency to, to go find the people that that have been with you the whole time? I mean, that you trust? That's probably what's happening. Oh, I, I would imagine. You know, it's 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 you know, uh we say in a fight you either fight or flight, and I definitely think that when he feels like he's under pressure, he's gonna throw it whether he throws in the coverage or not, he's looking for a certain guy. But I'm just always amazed at guys who have been in the league as long as he has, who knows the the advantage of having multiple people that can you can spread it around again i date myself that's what to me made the 49ers so special is you really couldn't double team certain people you could try but because joe and then when uh steve young took over 
those guys spread the ball around. And so when you're playing against a team like that who's really spreading it, doesn't matter, backs, tight ends, third string wide receivers, it didn't matter. I'm throwing to the open guy. And if it's Jerry, cool. If it's Mike Sherrard, cool. If it's uh, Tom Rathman, cool. It, it don't matter. I'm going to throw to the open guy. Let's keep moving the chains. So I would just like to see, you know, you may have a safety net. You fill in those players. But if you're going to be effective, you have to be able to throw it to more than one or two guys. Yeah. And, you know, let's see what happens. I, I put a lot of blame on, on the offensive line, but, I mean, at some point, you got to go. you got to roll. And you have to find a way to win. As This is the NFL. We're all professionals. You've said that numerous times, and you got to make the magic happen. All right, folks. Time for us to go. Sorry this wasn't a perk of your podcast. We did, we did, you know, say a few things that the Rams did well. Um, there's just a lot going on that showing they didn't do so well, and hopefully that changes. But, you know, the Panthers coming in. Hopefully we have a good, good show for you this week before we uh, head out for that game. Follow Mike on Twitter at 1Duke23. Follow me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find all of our podcasts anywhere podcasts can be found. And until next time, we're out of here. Have a great one.